Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, y'all. We are so excited to announce that we're hosting our first ever live show right here in New York City on Wednesday, February 7th. We are celebrating Black History Month and linking up with the Black Employee Networks from American Express, Time Inc., and Essence to chat about the power and influence of Black culture in America. We have an amazing lineup of guests, fun segments. You do not want to miss it. Visit bhmfortheculture.splashset.com to register for free or look for the link on our social handles. See you there. Hi, it's Joy Marie and Courtney. Welcome back. Another episode of Job Logs, fresh content on the 1st and the 15th of every month. Yes, your group chat girlfriends, your career confidants. And coming up today, we have a very special treat for you all. That's right. We have fashion powerhouse Felita Harris. She's a senior VP of sales at Alexander Wang. So happy to have her in the building. Yep, and we're going to be talking navigating competitive spaces and industries with style and grace so stay tuned get your pad ready listen but y'all know we like to start every episode with a clock in check in on each other how we're mm-hmm. doing personally professionally i would say mentally you know we're good with mental spiritually. health spiritually all of it <laughs> <laughs> how are you boo i'm doing great mm-hmm. you know the new year is just chugging ahead yes living live yeah i felt like january felt like two years but also like two weeks <laughs> I, know. I know at the same time it was a lot. But mm-hmm. you know what I really noticed last month? And maybe it's because, you know, I'm trying to speak my next location mm. into existence. Yes. Like, I feel like 2019, I just want some new horizons. And mm. I've just noticed, like, the pace yes. of New York is, like, starting, not even starting to get to me, but I'm just noticing. Like, I'll be walking in the subway and it just the people just be rushing. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not. Dude. Right. Girl, just today I was getting off the train and this guy was like kind of in my way and we we're sort of dodging each other. And he was like, move out the way, B. And I was like, oh. whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was like, gosh, what are y'all so mad about? Yeah, I just want to remove myself from the narrative. Like, I can't. And then even at work, it's like the it's like that's just the nature of my office and like mm. I talk to people who because it's my first time working in the arts yeah and like someone else who's worked at like several different institutions she was like oh no this place is just like on one like mm. we the oh pace. in particular <laughs> so then I'm thinking but like what do you trade like when you yeah. give up that's for a slower pace yeah. like you give up like being you feeling like you're at the center mm-hmm. of your industry and mm-hmm. like your work is like making an impact yeah and like could I like move to like on North Carolina. Right. Like, right. could I, like, live yeah. the simple life? I don't know. Yeah, the but grass maybe is not I always could. greener. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, like, interesting, like, as I juggle, like, thinking about the next spot. It's, like, I'm really trying to evaluate what I value. Yeah. So okay. introspective, as always. But, yes. You know. Yes. We'll <laughs> see where we'll see where that takes you, where oh, you end up. Lord. What about you? I'm good. I had a pretty decent start of the year. Life has been pretty sweet. Um, Like I said last time, I've been very much about gratitude as a daily practice. And so just adopting that attitude of gratitude 
it's shifted my perspective on a lot of things. Um, I feel like I just spend a lot less time, and I think this was an intention we talked about at the end of the year, worrying about the next step. Because, mm-hmm. you know, control is an illusion anyway. Yes. So I'm just continuing to align my behaviors on a smaller scale with where I'm trying to go and continuing to make um, a lot more connections in person. Mm-hmm. I think I realized I spent a lot of time behind the computer and on Instagram, yeah. and we don't really socialize. So. And I feel so bad, like, when I get home for work, and then, like, I get on the computer. Yeah. Or, like, watch TV, <laughs> which is just a much larger same screen. Thing. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. So just focusing more on IRL mm-hmm. connections versus <laughs> online spaces. Um, and kind of honestly, like, working in autopilot like doing a good job but Mm -hmm. freeing that mental space to be a little more creative this year by just you know kind of like autopilot with my work yeah okay yeah processes yeah so what is going on in the world well you know i had i wrote down the women's march for us to talk about (laughs) but i'm kind of bored with it (laughs) i feel like we talked about it last year we did honestly i it was a blip on the timeline I didn't this even year. notice that it really happened yeah. until I went to an event that night and people were like, did yeah. you go to the march? And no shade, all shade, but <laughs> like it just, you know, I mean, y'all saw the post. It's just, it does, it does a different thing for black women because historically white feminism just hasn't been very inclusive of our issues and our yeah. humanity. So yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like it's, I, like I always say, I feel like protest is important. So mm-hmm. I'm glad people like came out and showed out. Right. I feel like, I mean, same as last year, I just feel like when I think back to like Black Lives Matter protests and like mm-hmm. how those were handled compared to like basically this is a parade. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I have this feeling. So it's not my ministry. Like, I no. let, I support y'all. And right. And you're, you know. And no shade to whoever went. No. Like, you're doing the Lord's work. Do Please carry sh- on. Yeah, we all have our part to mm-hmm. play. So, yeah, that happened. But I want to talk about Miss uh, <laughs> <Ms>. Parker. <laughs> the other Miss Parker. The other one, not me. <laughs> I'm sure you saw this on the interwebs where she posted this video just out of nowhere calling for us to boycott Netflix. Right, which I, let's wait. I'm okay, gonna all right. <laughs> Hold it, because like, I had to say her. Actually, it was like immediate, like no. Ooh, okay. Um, but she posted a video saying she was going to boycott Netflix because they offered to pay her five hundred thousand dollars for a comedy mm-hmm. special, and she claimed that it was gender and color bias because mm-hmm. Amy Schumer was offered eleven million, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle were offered twenty million. Yep. So then, like, the internet proceeds to do what the internet does and yeah. play her manager, her life coach, and everything else, oh, <laughs> talking about, you know, questioning whether she had a right to be upset about mm-hmm. that. Like, did she have the, you know, power to draw an audience? Mm-hmm. Other people are like, hold up, she's an Academy Award winner. What are you talking about? Other people are, like, bringing up her husband and saying they messy in business. <laughs> like, the whole nine yards. Yeah. But then Interestingly, Wanda Sykes tweeted that Netflix offered her less than half of that 500000 they offered Monique. Yep, I saw that. Meanwhile, Netflix is worth $100 billion. Right. Came out recently. Right. So I bring this to you because I feel her. Yeah. I feel her. Yes. Because they could have came up off more than 500000 
They could. They've shown that they can. They could have. Yes. I I completely feel her too. Um, someone I saw someone on the internet post and I did not fact check this. Um, can someone <laughs> tell Monique that Amy Schumer has six point four million IG followers compared to her two hundred and twenty K? So if you do mm. the math, the offer should have been around four thirty. Based on reach from Instagram alone, right? Which is uh, yeah, a real I think metric. that's a good point about like what when you say clout and pull, like yeah. are we talk like what do what is value yeah. these days? So I mean, the thing about Monique is I think yes, there were some holes in her in what she presented as the logic of how she arrived there, mm-hmm. but her point is still valid. Yeah, and the wage gap is real, mm-hmm. and it's especially real for women and Black women. Um, and so it's completely valid. I think the delivery, you know, left I left a little that to was be a lot desired. I mean, like there is like to you can't leave out the fact that you know that that wage gap when she presented it, like mm-hmm. there wasn't that support that other yeah. actresses oh, have yes. received. Yes, like even like from the industry and from other okay. actresses outside of like Wanda Sykes. Why we went like the that, y'all? Hallelujah. Okay. So, but. I also feel like she didn't do herself any favors when you come out. First of all, I mean, I know a lot of times boycotts are like performative and nobody really boycotts. Right. But still, girl, ain't nobody boycotting. Netflix. Like when I think of like the return right. of the boycott. And look, like, there's very few things I'm giving up in this life. And Netflix yeah. is like, you are asking for a whole lot. Mama don't have cable. Like, <laughs> that's all I got. Okay. That's all right. I got. Right. So I almost, because like Wanda Sykes, when she came mm-hmm. out, she was like, listen, they offered me half that. That's yeah. why I went over here. Yeah. Like, I wish like Monique had come out, like, instead of like the boycott, like maybe saying, like, this is what they offered me. Like, tell Netflix yeah. what that, you know, yeah. you want to hear from me. Yeah, like, and make it a positive campaign that promotes her. Yes, yes. Rather than, like, doing something that we're not going to do. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that raises a really valid point, because even when I saw the story, I was like, you know, we really got to be careful of when we jump to the boycott. Like, what is mm-hmm. your, what is the call to action? What change are you trying to incite? Yes. And you got to make sure that whatever you're asking people to do lines up and is appropriate, proportionate to, you know, what's going on. In this instance, I was just thinking, like, this is, like, it's something that you didn't get from one organization, but you also have the freedom to decline that offer mm-hmm. and kind of, like, pursue your worth elsewhere. Right. As many of us do. Like, I can't go to work and be like, this company ain't paying me what I want. Mm-hmm. Boycott their products, right? Like, and like thinking about like their their competitors. Like mm-hmm. I would have tried to like open it up so so because like so Hulu or someone can yes. say like we we hear what the people want. Right. We support um, equality exactly. and pay. Yes. We're gonna pick you up. Now they just like oh she don't turn on us. Right. Don't nobody want to touch it. So you do. You know you got to be careful. And I, I don't really know how I would have done it differently, I... but I think there was. There were a couple gaps. There were a couple holes. There's so much to juggle, like, especially <laughs> yeah. as a woman of color. Like, yeah. you always have to not only deal with the bull, but then also think about, like, am I who, like, how are people going to receive this? Right. Like, even how I stand up for myself yep. mm-hmm. is crazy. So true. So, child. Mm, Godspeed, Monique. <laughs> mm. Hope you get your coin. I hope so, too. All right, guys, it's time for Rants, Raves, and Reviews, the wonderful segment of the show where we give you our product 
tool, resource recommendations, things that we're either loving or hating in our professional lives. Mm -hmm. Courtney, you're up. Yes, in the spirit of Felita, may she always guide us. <laughs> we are, I want to spotlight a little fashion glow up. Okay. Adulting. So I have a struggle, and that is I'm, I'm not a tomboy except in the fact that I like being comfy. Right. Like, my comfort precedes all things. Okay. And for this reason, high heels are just not, they're not my jam. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't appreciate them. All of them are uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like them. All of them. <laughs> Every, I have never tried on one that was comfortable. Mm. So I asked my cousin about this. Hey, Shira. <laughs> Shout out to Shira Eli. She's a stylist. And the girl was born in six-inch heels. Mm. So, and like, whatever you feel, I mean, stop the patriarchy, whatever. But <laughs> high heels just bring, like, this professionalism they to do. your look. Like, 100%. there's a commanding presence yes. when you are heels. So I asked her, like, to help me. And she gave me a really great tip, and it's that, like, you have to train yourself. Like, yeah. it is an endurance test. Yes. <laughs> and you have to build up to it. You can't go straight there. Mm -hmm. um, and since I believe kitten heels are terrorism, don't I could ever, not start there. Don't. I would not. I would not. <laughs> this would not work out. I'm sorry. But my saving grace has been the chunky heel, mm -hmm. the block heel. Amen. So all of you girls out there who cannot handle the elevation – Get you a nice thick heel, and I swear yes. to you, I can pump all day. Praise in a nice like a boot. Yes, all day. But yeah, cause like I'm walking them in New York. I'm yes. on the subways. Mm -hmm. I hate bringing an extra pair of shoes. Yeah, like it is the ultimate compromise. I love a good chunky boot. I really do. It is. I really do. And honestly, I feel like heels give you heels give me confidence when mm -hmm. I'm in them, cause it does something to your form. Like your calves are like tighter your booty yes. sitting up higher <laughs> like, no seriously and then they hear you coming like, yes. <laughs> yes like we have arrived okay chunky yes. boots chunky boots it's integral all right joy what are you talking about today i am talking in the vein of fashion as well amen about the glorious the bold the incomparable red <laughs> lip which yes. I have recently grown to love in my professional life. Really? So, yeah, so I feel like, you know, a red lippy has always, at least traditionally, had the reputation of belonging to fast tail hussies <laughs> or, you know, women your who... Mama told you. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to have somebody's man around. But, you know, it's 2018, and contrary to popular belief, I think a red lip everyone can rock a red lip one mm -hmm. and a red lip can be incredibly professional even in the most corporate environment so mm. i was one of those girls darker complexion who was always like you know oh, i can't do red that's for like lighter complexions but i realized it's really about finding your your shade yeah. based on your undertone okay so you know if you got a little yellow you're gonna maybe go for the ones that are a bit more red or orange if you got sort of the cooler undertones, red undertones, you might go for something that has a blue. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just, you know, I don't, I feel like a red lip makes you feel bold. It makes you feel beautiful. Um, it's kind of a statement for sure. piece. So I would say my general philosophy is not to overdo it with the rest of the beat. Mm -hmm. When I have the lip on, okay. it's like very clean Old foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like nice nude palette. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Have you? Are you one to rock a red lip? Well, you know, I had some insecurity about it because on the inverse problem, like I'm so light skinned, I just feel like it's just like red, just like mm-hmm. come like a headlight mm. coming at you and kind of overpowering the rest of my face. Yeah, but you know, so, bold lips in general, I have started trying out more. Yes, because yes. it is. It is very like a mature like on a situation yeah I associate it because like my mom growing up I remember she always wore red lip oh did she and I associate with because she was like you, you this is for grown yeah right right not a lip gloss <laughs> so yeah I feel like that is one of the things like as you're con- I think it is all about it's a confidence, confidence thing you have to be able to it is something mm-hmm. that like I feel like a lot of people shy away from but again I would argue that there is a perfect red out there for you that will be bold do but you not. have some recommendations? I have recos that work with darker complexions mm-hmm. or my complexion, I should say, because that's really all I'm paying attention to. Um, I love MAC, Ruby Woo. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. That's a red that feels like it works on literally everyone. Oh, yeah, everybody. Um, awesome. ColourPop, when the liquid mattes were hot, I was into LAX. Avenue is like a nice red. Saturday, you start to get darker. And so mm-hmm. you got your fall reds as well, more burgundies. Um, and I did get Stunna by Fenty Beauty, which... How was that? I w- it's a little a orange for darker complexions, mm-hmm. in my opinion, but it seems to work pretty well for everyone else. And it lasts all day, like mm. 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. No reapplication at all. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, go up in Sephora, try yes, all the swatches. Try them all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have someone wonderful in the studio today. I saw her speak, and I was like, job logs, got to get her. We got her. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the studio, Felita Thank Harris. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, this is my first podcast. We're honored. Yay! Yes. So this thank you for having first. me. This is great. Thank you. Awesome. So just so you guys know a little bit more about her, uh, she is a senior fashion executive in apparel and accessories. And for over 20 years, she's worked with notable designer brands and luxury retailers. She's currently the senior vice president of global sales for Alexander Wang and a member of the company's executive team. Work. (laughs) (laughs) Got to. So Ms. Harris leads I Power Youth. An enrichment program designed to empower girls 8 to 18 to think differently, live fearlessly, and succeed without limitations. And for the last two years, she supported the CFDA Fashion Incubator designed to support the next generation of fashion designers in New York City. It's a sleigh. Yes. <laughs> and I must say, she looks as fabulous as she, she sounds. Does. The thank rumors you. are true. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're so excited. So, Felita, you know, Courtney told me a little bit about you, is doing some research. And I have to know, like, describe kind of the background, the upbringing. How does one evolve into such an opulent and successful <laughs> woman as wow. yourself? Like, what kind of, you know, what were those things that you look back on and you know, recall kind of helped build you to this point? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, growing up, I always had a sense of style, Mm. and I was always overly concerned about what I was wearing, and, Mm. you know, my mom, I came from the school of, like, starch your jeans. Mm. You know, starch, Mm -hmm. roll them up, put them in the refrigerator overnight, and they come (laughs) out, like, with ice. Mm. And that's... (laughs) 
<laughs> so I grew up like that. And um, I think in high school, my sister Tracy just looked at me one day and she goes, you know, you're really good at this. Mm. And I didn't know what that was, mm-hmm. but it it inspired me to like keep going, keep pursuing um, fashion because I was interested. So started in retail and then really worked my way up, Made, met some really incredible people providing opportunities. Mm. And um, I, I, really the rest is history, not hope, not not fully realized. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, it was, so I, I would say looking back, it just meeting people who believe in you mm. and, and who see promise, mm. right? So mm. People who maybe see your talent before you do. Yeah. Um, mm. And trusting those opinions and building off that. Yeah. yeah. I really love the piece you mentioned about your sister Tracy kind of saying that to you. I think sometimes we overlook how important it is to voice when we see like yeah. people doing things really well. Like sometimes that little nudge can change the course of someone's life and career. So I right. love that. Yeah. And was there a turning point where you knew like, okay, I want to go into like the corporate side of fashion or did you kind of just, some people just like stumble into what they're meant to do. It was very much a stumble. Really? Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was working in retail uh, and, you know, I, I tell people that my biggest aspiration aspiration was uh, becoming a, a general manager, mm-hmm. like at a Neiman Marcus. Mm-hmm. I wanted to run the store. Mm. Uh, and I met, actually one of my coworkers noticed something, um, called me one day and said, you know, I know someone at uh, Ermenizil Dozenia, which is a men's company. Mm. They're launching their women's company in the United States and they need someone to open their freestanding stores. Now, at that time, I was a sales associate. Yeah. Wow. So I, her name is Sherry, and I said, Sherry, what makes you think I can do this? She goes, oh, darling, darling, it's very, it's very easy, <laughs> darling, darling, you'll, you'll be fine. I, Richard, I know him. And, and I was like, well, if Sherry thinks I can do it, I can do it. Um, and again, it was like I met the CEO um, at the Peninsula Hotel. It was my first time inside a hotel that luxurious. Wow. I, you know, could barely afford the valet, mm-hmm. but I found the money and pulled up and walked, you know, upright. And mm-hmm. I went in with the confidence that I had at the time. You mm-hmm. know, confidence is built over, it's over time, it's over experience, mm-hmm. over several successes. Mm-hmm. That's how you build confi- confidence. Um, but I had enough to feel that I belonged in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I really needed to bring everything I learned to the occasion. And I got the job, and uh, that's how I entered wholesale. It's amazing. Yeah, and sometimes you never know the people who you work with, uh, how they they view you, Mm -hmm. and you never know where your next opportunity is coming from. Mm -hmm. I would have never expected that a fellow sales associate could actually give me a connection that would totally change the trajectory of my career. Mm. Yeah, that's deep because I feel like that's kind of a lesson I've been noting this Mm. year as well is like a lot of times we try to manage up and focus on the people we think can kind of pull us up. Right. But many times it's your peers and people who are on the same level, people even maybe beneath, not beneath, but you know that you might be managing yourself. It's true. 
It's really inspiring. So let me ask you, um, you know, we're talking about the hotels and the opulence and the glamour, but we know that the career in the industry is not all glitz and glamour. So mm -hmm. were there any moments where you kind of had a very rude awakening in those early days that kind of, you know, impacted your, your um, I guess your, the way that you carried yourself mm -hmm. and the way that you were planning to move forward? Yeah. You know, I think people underestimate the work mm. um, and the hours. We work a lot of hours in fashion. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's probably very much the same if you work in finance, but I think because it's such a glamorous industry, mm -hmm. people think that it's all about how you look, you know, where you're having dinner, who mm -hmm. you're having dinner with. But behind the scenes, we're managing past, present, future. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. We're always in the mix, always yeah. um, figuring out how to move these brands forward. Mm -hmm. And the hours you have to put in to be on top or to stay on top and to keep, to keep growing, it's enormous. I mean, I, there's a huge sacrifice mm -hmm. um, that I've had to make. And I, I, don't, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, to be honest, maybe it would have discouraged me. So I'm glad that I, I saw that once I fell in love yeah. with, the, with the business of fashion. Mm -hmm. so I was going to ask you, like, what, with all, the, like, the time-consuming um, work, and I imagine it's a really stressful industry, too, like, what makes it worth it? Like, what balances it out for you? For me, um, the win. I mean, just to see the right assortment or product in the right store mm -hmm. um, gives us a great gives me a great deal of satisfaction I think to be a role model for my daughter mm -hmm. um, the fact that my daughter can you know look at me and and say mom wow you know you look great and you're going to work yeah mm -hmm. and, and and you know she's in this mode where she's like you're a boss <laughs> <laughs> like where, who took the boss of you, you know? <laughs> so um, you know that that keeps me going. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a single mom, and uh, the success of running a business and being a mentor to my own child, mm. uh, and also giving advice from the experience and lessons that I've learned, it keeps me inspired. So I know it seems like relationships and people have played a big part of your career. Yeah. So as you're moving through these circles and you're going to the fancy hotels and mm -hmm. all these different types of people, I wonder like how do you maintain like your sense of self mm. but also like own these rooms and make sure that people are seeing your worth? I think that's an excellent question. You know, I work in an industry that doesn't necessarily represent me. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had to take my experience, experiences in life, um, even hobbies, mm -hmm. and just any similarities that I that that I authentically have in my own life, mm -hmm. and bring them to the table to bridge any gaps. Mm. Right. So television, you know, sports, food, uh, anything that I do on a day to day, I bring those things. In a, into con, into the conversation to bridge any gaps mm, as a way um, to connect as with. a way to connect mm. and I find that to be the most helpful mm. everyone comes from a family 
Mm, Everyone comes from a city. Mm-hmm. Everyone eats. Yeah. Most people are <laughs> up to date on current affairs. Yes. So I think that that is a great neutralizer. Mm. You don't have to show up in these environments and feel like the only one. Mm. You know, put that to the side and connect mm. on things that all of us share. I find, and that that really helps me navigate and. You know, I don't know about owning the room. Mm-hmm. I think being in the room and being solidly positioned mm. in the room is is really my focus. So shifting focus into that, that brand that you're building in these spaces professionally, tell us a little bit about, um, I think we've spoken a little bit about your philosophy and how you're connecting. How are you showing up, like, physically? What are you wearing? Mm. What do you have kind of a... Fire. A style, a steeze. You know, um, I think it really goes back to authenticity, right? I, today I'm with you, Mm -hmm. and I promise you I was in an Adidas hoodie (laughs) at 4.30. And and I I wanted to show up today festive and happy and confident. It's it's, tis the season. Mm. And I come to work like that. Right, it's how I want to feel mm. for the day. Mm. Um, so I don't really have a wardrobe that is just for the office or just for the weekend. I really focus on how I'm feeling for the day, um, the kind of vibes I want to put out. Put out. And just so and we all know, I we have, have to, we have to describe. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot not describe this ensemble, Courtney. You're gonna have to help me. I will do my best. So we're, we, you're giving like. A beautiful off-white mm. satiny yes. blouse, yes, luxury texture, <laughs> and then this floor-length skirt, sequin, sequin. silver, uh, silver sequin skirt, y'all. Like, couldn't make it up. Well, did you see my boots? Not what? They're white. <laughs> okay. All right, the we boots got are a white. white. Stiletto heel boot with some gorgeous silver studs. Tell, okay, so. <laughs> I was feeling festive. <laughs> and you are festive. <laughs> it's so funny. My sister, was. we were walking down the, the street, and she goes, all of this <laughs> tonight. I'm like, yeah, honey, I'm feeling it yeah. tonight. So that's how I really show up at work. I think it's always important to remember the brand that you represent. Mm. Um, you don't want to be off-brand at work. Mm-hmm. So I'm very brand loyal mm-hmm. when I work for a company mm-hmm. I will wear the clothes mm-hmm. um, but but as far as you know a wardrobe or a uniform I really wear what I'm in the mood to wear okay okay but I feel like finish and style is really important and we've we've done past uh, episodes on style yeah mm-hmm. in the workplace in particular as it relates to you know I think a lot of people who maybe haven't had access to um, kind of knowing what a put together look mm. is, or maybe you have a certain sense of style, but you haven't quite refined the finish yet. Right. Um, and so, I guess, what would your advice be to women who are trying to navigate their work style a little bit, mm-hmm. still represent themselves and be true to who they are, but also show up in a way that gets the right attention, that commands the right sort of presence right. from others? I mean, you'd be surprised, and, and when I say this, it's really. I mean, at a basic level, grooming, Mm. basic grooming is so underrated to start. Mm. So I would say, number one, focus on basic grooming. Uh, Number two, don't start something you can't finish. 
So if you cannot afford to mm. get your nails done on a weekly basis, Ooh. do not polish them with color. Get us together. <laughs> Chip nails are not cute. Yeah. Okay, next. If you cannot afford to keep your weave tight, mm. don't wear one. Mm. Go natural mm. and keep it neat. Uh, you may Maybe you cannot afford to have your clothing dry clean, air dry. Yeah. I mean, these are some basic things. Mm, yeah. Make sure your heels on your shoes are always on. Take them to the cobbler. <laughs> Get a shoe shine brush. They're yes. five ninety nine. <laughs> these are some basic things because you know yes. you have to admit you, no, you it, right because you you know the brand. If you're in fashion, you work for a brand. Mm-hmm. There generally is some level of clothing allowance, mm-hmm. but they want to see sort of a clean mm-hmm. blank, blank slate. Mm. They want to see what they mm. can build upon. So you don't need to come in the door of a fashion company slaying it. Mm-hmm. They're really looking for grooming, mm. cleanliness, and something that they can build on. Mm. And I think people miss that. Yeah, Always great to have a black blazer, a great pair of jeans, a great pair of black slacks, a pair of pumps, a pair of flats, a leather jacket, a mm. white shirt. These are some core basics. Thank God for Zara. Yeah. <laughs> Shop on Markdown and get, get a tight starter kit. Okay. It doesn't matter how old you are. Get a tight starter kit and work with those pieces. Keep them clean. Keep them pressed. And work those until you build. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember working at a Neiman Marcus in L.A. in my early 20s. And I had three suits. Mm. I had three suits and five shirts, two pair of shoes. Wow. Nima Marcus. Mm. You just rotate. Yeah, and I was yeah. always very together. Yeah. 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 yeah, so you don't have to have a massive wardrobe to show up fashionable. Yeah. You know, and I think we put too much emphasis on you know, slaying or it's like, okay, well, let's just start. Mm. And then we can build on that. Okay. I love it. Love it. 'Cause it seems like you're mm. really much very much about authenticity and bringing your true self. But I feel like even since I've been working, I feel like I've loosened up. Like mm-hmm. I used to very much like my boyfriend, I would answer the phone and he'd be like, Who? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, the code Ariel. Switching. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's loosened up. <laughs> but it's I still like do have some hesitation. Sure. So I wonder like what your thoughts are on that. Especially as you're building these relationships that are taking you to the next level. I think that professionalism mm-hmm. is is the sensor. Right. Okay. And I think knowing the company 
that you represent you know the key players at the company Mm -hmm. knowing certain personalities uh i think that's where you learn to navigate the type of conversations you can have um it took a long time for me to feel comfortable from my home or private life to professional life Mm -hmm. and to have one sort of vernacular Mm -hmm. yeah and you know, I think that comes with time, um, but also it comes with connections. Mm-hmm. So it really goes back to what I said about bringing your personal experiences to work um, and being able to connect with others on that. I censor myself a lot less because I think that culturally the African-American community is more visible, celebrated, and um quite honestly copied mm-hmm. you know so so the openness or the ability to be yourself is a it's a lot more uh i think nimble or fluid in, in corporate america because of the cultural mm-hmm. um you know things that we're going through now yeah yeah for sure all right so switching gears a little bit for those who might be interested in entering competitive spaces like fashion because i'm really i feel like what we're hearing today has really been applicable across industries i know i'm definitely taking notes about the starter kit but um, i'm pausing <laughs> it i'm rewinding it right and i'm writing it down. Again. writing it all down um but what does it take for someone who you know wants to enter the space to really impress you mm. Extra. Extra. You're going to have to define because, yes, (laughs) I've seen some things. I really appreciate when someone will outwork me. Mm. You know, when I was growing up in the industry, I was the last one at the office. Mm. You know, I would wait until my manager left. Now you have a culture where they leave before you. Mm-hmm. And and the question is, do you need anything? I'm about to leave. Mm. You know, so I really appreciate someone who's going to go the extra mile. I think it is so lacking right now, in especially in the fashion industry, where we work these long hours. You mm-hmm. need someone who's going to put in the time. Uh, respect is huge. Um, someone who takes direction well mm-hmm. without being personally offended. Mm-hmm. Those, I, I mean, I keep going back to basics, yeah. but I feel that they are lost. Yeah. You know, so when I say extra, I'm really talking about old school values yeah. of show up before your boss, leave after your boss, work really hard, ask the right questions, have respect. Yeah. You, you really would be shocked to yeah. see how... Um, void we are uh, of having those just basic professional nuances in the work in the workplace. Yeah, I feel like that's something we talk a lot about in our group chats and just kind of there's this weird line these days because with social media and everything, I mean, you kind of have a culture of people wanting that instant gratification yeah. and wanting to always feel f- fulfilled and like they're passionate about everything they're, do- they're doing on a day-to-day basis. But there's also that fine line of really paying your dues, doing the work to your point, mm-hmm. being consistent. And that's often the image that people aren't sharing on right. Instagram. You know, they're not posting every day that they're staying late and working hard. So right. um, I think definitely speaking more to that and promoting a culture of that is mm-hmm. really important for all of our careers. Yeah. And, and that's, that, it's actually a strategy. 
Mm. Because mm-hmm. if you just do those three or four things, you're really so far ahead of everyone else. Mm. Because, like I said, the that work culture has pretty much left the uh, most industries. Yeah. I mean, you know, I hear people, again, in finance and, you know, even education talk about how, uh, you know, employees or entry level employees really aren't willing to put in the time. Mm-hmm. So nothing was was built in a day. Yeah, like, really take the time to learn everything you can about the industry. You know, research me. If yeah. you're working for me, research me mm-hmm. and really, you know, understand um, the person or the people that you're working for. I think that's important. Awesome. Yeah. And for people who are either like in school and looking to enter the workforce or want to transition from another industry, what are those skills that you really should cultivate um, to succeed on the business side of fashion? You know, um, I think that when you are transitioning, because I get this question a lot, I actually get a lot of emails about, you know, how can I transition from healthcare to fashion? Mm. I think you really want to focus early on in your career and be super sure you want to be in the fashion industry um, and do your homework. Mm-hmm. I think you, when, when you show up in, in th- these are very competitive fields, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you have most people in fashion generally have a connection to the industry, mm-hmm. right? So they have someone who referred them. So you're really coming in, one, you you don't have the experience, you maybe you don't have the connection. So make sure you're doing your homework, you know, following through, focusing, and just never quitting, like never give up. If yeah. you want to transition from one industry to the next, don't give up. It may take time. You may have to enter, like, on the ground floor. But yeah. just start. Yeah. Just be willing to start because someone will recognize your passion. Mm. Someone will be willing to take you, you know, under their wing and really grow you and 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 take you to the next level. Yeah, and I feel like also like a caution for people in spaces like that. I know like working, I used to work in events. Um, you know, Courtney's in the arts and I feel like sometimes people confuse kind of a passion for this space and an interest in it on a personal or consumer level mm-hmm. with an interest in working in the field, which are two very different things. Right. I mean, right. sometimes they tie into each other, but I think right. fashion may, at least from what I perceive on the outside looking in, maybe one of those spaces where people can kind of have the danger of falling into that as well. Right, because they see the the glamour. Right. Right. They They really are into it because they want to work for a certain brand Mm -hmm. and quite honestly get the clothes but when they see like (laughs) showtime's over now they're long hours and um you know there's a lot of uh, interaction with clients and boxing up samples and it's it's not as glamorous behind the scenes Mm -hmm. so for sure like do your homework all right so we've we've got some gems from this episode but before we let you go we have a few like quick questions that we want to slide in here. Our group texts mm-hmm. were blowing up when our friends heard that you were coming. So yes. a few questions from <laughs> oh, them. Okay. Just because, you know, sister circle. <laughs> <laughs> so what apps can't you live without? Spotify. Yeah, same. Yes. And, and Facetune. <laughs> Ooh, Facetune. Yes, Facetune. Yes, Facetune. <laughs> yes ma'am. Um, my favorite filter on Face. they're details. I love details. Um, and whiten. Because as white as my teeth may appear, 
in photos, they get a little, little yellow. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you just zoom in, widen it up, tighten it up, and it's you're ready to go. Yes, so I love Facetune, yes. and I love, love, love Spotify. Awesome. What's like the worst uh, or funniest interview mistake you've seen? When an, a candidate is asked, do you have any questions? Mm. Got to have a question. You have make a it question. up, ask about the dog. The <laughs> yeah. Just ask. Some. Ne- you need to be ready with three questions for sure. And those questions should be based on either the company, the person, or what skill sets you need to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. You need to have three ready. Mm-hmm. And if you ask questions during the interview, that does not count. Mm. Mm-hmm. You cannot end the interview with, I think I've asked everything. Mm. If you were, if you had asked everything, <laughs> the person wouldn't say, do you have <laughs> more questions? So you may be missing yes, something. Right. So, I mean, go into the interview, at least three, I would say actually to bring 10 and make sure you save three for the end. Love that. It shows interest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I, if, because if you're not asking questions in an, in an inter- interview, you will not ask questions on the job. Right. Hello. Yeah, I was going to say, the only time I say I don't have any questions is over the course of the interview. I'm like, eh, don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> and that is a great way to end an interview that you, right. if you have no intention of taking the job, right. just say, you know, no, I, I have nothing else to I'm ask good. you. Actually, no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Looking toward the future of your industry, um, e-commerce is booming. People are selling on Amazon brands like Nike that you would never expect. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the future of retail? Especially for a luxury brand where I feel like you kind of we're used to seeing those type of brands stay above the fray. But Mm -hmm. how are you competing? But look, e-commerce is extremely important for all brands. You know, as it relates to Amazon, we're all seeing it is a mass proposition. Luxury is not mass. Hmm. It's for a few. It's exclusive. Uh, and it's for a a particular audience. Mm -hmm. Right. So luxury is curated fashion. I do, however, see luxury brands using Amazon, and I'm going to predict it here first, as a payment option Mm. and as a database tool to expand engagement. Mm. That's what you heard it here first. Heard it here first. So just like PayPal, it would be like Amazon. Mm. So I do think there's some connectivity with the customer base because we know uh, regardless of your uh, income, everyone uses Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that I, I that I definitely see. But I don't know that true luxury brands will sell on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely believe that there'll, there'll be some level of integration. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay. I like that approach because... Like, just because something is popping doesn't yes, mean you need to you be need a to, part of it. Hello, you know, like, right. figure out how to use it. To That's right. Like, a life I lesson. Like <laughs> and and if you look at heritage brands like mm-hmm. Chanel and Dior, the, every aspect of their brand is not sold online. Mm. So I think that, and these are companies that have been around for hundreds of years. Right. So when you talk about luxury, mm-hmm. you really have to be careful. You yeah. don't want to diminish your brand. Yep. Luxury does not belong in a mass proposition. Mm. That's not true luxury. Hmm. 
I'm going to apply that to my dating life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a math proposition. <laughs> <laughs> well, Felita, this has been a Great. true pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure. So go ahead and drop those web handles because I want the people to enjoy this Instagram feed that I have had the pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Miss uh, Fashion Biz? Yes. Miss mm-hmm. Fashion Biz. Everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Love it. Go get your lives. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And now is that special time of the episode where we get to hear from you, ask job logs, mm-hmm. anything you want to ask us, career or life questions, got an idea. We will let you pick our brains. Yes, we will. No, no pay, no shade. Listen. All you have to do is hit us up at joblogs.com slash askjoblogs or call 929-324-1090. Yep. And we have a question today yes. from someone who called themselves the help. Lord. <laughs> they <laughs> say, hello, ladies. I'm so happy to have found your podcast. You get me through the day at work. I just pop in my earbuds and get some inspiration and miss the chaos. Hmm, I love that. I am an executive assistant and Army veteran with over 10 years of experience in office management. I also have a bachelor's and I'm working on my MBA. I've worked really hard to build an excellent reputation as someone who can get the job done. My supervisors and coworkers depend on me like a child depends on their parents. And I'm so grateful to have a well-paying career, but I am dying inside. I am ready to take a seat at the table instead of setting the table. I want to be involved in solving problems, promoting the mission, and making my workplace better instead of making everyone else's lives easier as the arranger, Excel queen, coordinator, (laughs) human calendar, and scapegoat. Mm. How do I get out of this assistant funk and transform myself into the leader that I know I am? I believe wholeheartedly that I am CEO material and ready to make boss moves. I just don't see the road there. Please help. Okay. Wow. Eat at the table, not set at the table. <laughs> Praise. That is a big mood for 2018. I know. And kudos to you for having the ambition, mm-hmm. the drive yes. to want more, more. for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, Joy, I think immediately when I thought about this, I the word targeted mm. came to my mind and starting small came to my mind. Mm, tell us In more. that... I feel like you need to kind of keep an eye out. One, for I don't know how big this company is or like mm-hmm. what the structure is, mm-hmm. but thinking about like, is there a specific area of the company that you're interested that you yeah. want to move into? Um, and seeing how targeted who you reach out to to kind of insert yourself to like yeah. help someone in a specific area. Because mm. just saying like, I want responsibility, like you have to be specific. Yeah. And there has to, you have to kind of identify a need that you can fill. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I completely agree. I think um, this sort of bind is something I definitely found myself in when I started in my career, just kind of as a coordinator. And I think probably a lot of women and people of color probably can relate to this. It's just like you're always the doer. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really like at the table making the decisions. But I would, you know, I would punt it back to you and encourage you to take charge in small ways yes. in the role that you're in now. We had an episode way back, like two years ago, I think, um, a mini sold called The Glow Up. 
that talked about how to kind of level up from that doer executor to someone that has more strategic mm-hmm. vision. But in your current role, even as an administrative assistant, you know, can you operate as more of a chief of staff for the person that you support or the mm. team that you support? Can you just start taking the initiatives and, you know. When you say chief of staff, talk to us about. So, yeah, so that's something that's really prevalent in the culture that I work at now, like chief of staff roles where basically you, you know, you're the person that does all the strategic budget planning for the leader that you support. You do, um, you know, kind of investment planning. Mm -hmm. Um, You do, like, you uh, basically help with how all the teams under that leader operate yeah. and work together and collaborate. So what I'm proposing is like, you know, you might be working on travel and expenses for whoever you support, but can you raise your hand and say, hey, you know, let me start, like you said, small. We're just taking recap notes in some of your meetings. Can I sit in on some of your meetings with mm. other execs? And then going from there, you know, seeing if you can like, take those notes and actually show you want to be strategic be strategic like don't just jot the notes down and send out minutes take them and say here are the themes you know put presentations together and say i decided to make the meeting notes more of a a brief you know that you can then forward to other people yes that's just one example but you can literally do that with anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) i love that mm -hmm. i love that yeah and i think also once you're start elevating these projects kind of picking like who your allies are and kind of cultivating those cheerleaders for you so when you kind of when a position opens or something you could say hey like would you recommend me your top of mind yeah yeah because i had a friend um you want to pitch some ideas um at his company and he was going like straight to like the head of the department Mm -hmm. and i'm like well, maybe like just if he's not if he's like brushing you off, like well, who's right under him? Yeah, like exactly. get somebody who will have their ear. Yeah. So once you sell that person, yeah, they'll go to, you know to the higher up the chain. Yes, to sell you. absolutely. And I think also a big part is repositioning your own brand. Mm. So when you talk about what you do. Yeah, you got to do the expense reports and stuff, but don't highlight that. Don't even talk about that. Don't put that on the resume. Make everything more strategic. It's not about doing expense reports. It was about, you know, (laughs) I don't know, optimizing efficiencies for the team. budget. (laughs) Like use some, do what you see the people in the roles you want doing and speak to your brand and your experience that way too. Because the more, and this is very easy to do when you're like a doer is like, if you're just focusing, you know, if when you raise your hand in meetings, it's about so-and-so didn't get me their timesheet on time and this and that happened, that's how you're going to be perceived. That's your brand. Yeah, but yeah. if when you raise your hand, it's, hey, you know, I noticed we're doing a manual timesheet process. I researched a couple automated systems mm-hmm, we can use. Solutions. All of a sudden, look at you. You like, you a strategy person. Oh, my God, this reminds <laughs> me of the episode. Well, not the episode, but remember on The Office when Pam she like just created her and made herself the office manager. Yes. She was a receptionist <laughs> yes, forever. And she exactly. was just one day. She was She's like, like, nope. These are my receptionists. Nope. <laughs> and you know what else she, she did? She stopped letting people come to her with certain yes. things. She's like, I'm not doing your copies for you, bruh. Like, that's yes. not what we do anymore. I so, love that. good luck. Good luck. Let us know. Keep us updated. Yes. Ah. 
That was a smashing good time. A wonderful episode. Yes. Thanks so much to Felita Harris for joining Got us and dropping life. all of those gems. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys are feeling empowered to go forth, slay, mm-hmm. your best self. Right. Thank you all for tuning in as always. You mm-hmm. can connect with us all around the web at Joblogs or Joblogs.com. Mm-hmm. You can find me on places that cleave out loud. And I'm Hamas Parker. See you guys on the 15th. Happy Black History Month. Ow. <laughs> <laughs>